Manchester United nil, Manchester City nil, Manchester derby. I thought it was pretty fiery, but we'll get right into it. Of course, welcome to the United Pubcast. You're with Larry, and as always, I'm with Tom, who had a little cameo on Stretford Paddock this morning, so I hope he's still awake and ready to dissect this game with me, Tom. How are you? Well, I am still awake, thank you, but um, yeah, it is tough at 4.30, and I did set the alarm for, uh, I think, about 4 o'clock, but I think the excitement of a Manchester derby, I was up about 2.30, so I've hardly slept a wink, but... um. You said it was a fiery derby. At times, I think the derby sort of did its best to put me back to sleep. It did um, drag on a little bit, but we'll get into it. I don't think it was actually that bad, but the reaction online is obviously very disappointing in the lack of goal mouth action. No, I'm with you. I thought it was a really entertaining game, but let's start with the lineup um, that Solskjaer did put out for this game. And on the... On the team sheet, it almost looked like a diamond. I didn't feel it was that, Tom. I'm keen to see what you thought, but almost felt like Pogba lined up like wide left um, and then in the traditional 4-2-3-1 that we've seen Solskjaer rely on this season. Um, and then I think you've seen like Rashford up front, Greenwood on the right, Bruno in the 10, and then Fred McTominay, and the defence speaks for itself. Um, how did you see the lineup, and did you were you surprised by any of the selections? Um, well, I wasn't expecting a diamond, whether it was or wasn't. I think in attack, or especially when we saw the lineup on paper, I think we all thought diamond. And I think in attack, that is what Solskjaer had in mind. However, you did mention almost just a flat 4-4-2. I think in defence, I think it especially was, especially Pogba came out wide onto the left and it just sort of left the two up front in Mason Greenwood and Marcus Rashford. And I, and I thought it worked well because I think we've been conceding a lot of crosses lately. And I'm not saying Man City are a team that are going to go sort of into that area of the field and sort of throwing crosses, that's definitely not going to happen. But it is where we have sort of put a lot of pressure on our fullbacks by not providing them with cover. So I thought the work Bruno and Pogba did defensively, while I would have maybe chosen different players in those areas, um, if they're going to play in sort of a natural 4-4-2, I think it sort of did help. And Solskjaer got it sort of bang on in terms of him stifling City's attack. Okay, it did maybe have its limitations going forward against Man City. We didn't create too much, but defensively, um, can't criticize Solskjaer at all. I thought he got it bang on. Yeah, I was happy with the lineup as well. Um, and look, the the final score speaks for itself. We didn't score, but we kept a very promising Manchester City in terms of what they offer and, to, and their attacking threat. I thought United did set up well. Let's go into Paul Pogba a little bit more. Um, Tom, before we sort of dissect his performance, he has recently posted on Instagram, given the speculation and uh, Rayola's recent comments. Um, so the Instagram post, I'll just read it out for you. I've always fought and will always fight for Manchester United, my teammates and the fans. Blah, blah is not important. The future is far. Today is what matters and I am 1,000% involved. Always strong together. All has been clear between the club and myself and that will never change. When you don't know what's going on inside, don't talk. Hashtag speak the truth or remain silent. And then he goes on with his hashtags. Um, thoughts? Yeah, I think it is just code for I'm leaving in January or whenever the club accepts a bid, I'm happy to go. Uh, I think that's as clear as it is because we would love him to come out on terms in a sort of post-match press conference and speak on a microphone. However, I think Instagram is probably his most powerful sort of platform, so he has come out. And the words are good, they're great, that's 100% honest. I think that's what it is. He said he'll give his all when he's at the club, but it is code for um, come and get me someone. Um, before we get into his performance, do you expect him to leave in January or do you think this is more of a move for the summer? Look, a player like Pogba, you'd always say, yes, this will happen in the summer. He won't go in January. These deals can't happen. 
And it's usually the thinking, but with this one, there's almost a weird acceptance that it will happen in January. Um, I'm not quite sure. My hunch would say a deal like this would have to be done in the summer, but I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure of the rules in terms of Real Madrid and Juventus getting what his cup tied situation is. I think maybe they've changed the rules where he could, he could play in the Champions League. Yeah, yeah, he definitely can. Yep, so. he, he can, so... Look, look, that, that'll maybe speed along any process if they do want to get it done. But it comes down again to the fact, which I don't think a lot of people sort of hold enough weight against, is Duralter and Juventus, one, can they afford him, which is going to be hard. United is still going to want a lot of money. And as much speculation as there is around him, do they really want him? Like, okay, Paul Pogba is great. We're, we're sort of, we're both big fans of him, but do they really want that player? Like, do they want this circus? Because that circus will, will follow with him. Rayola's going to follow him. And in two, three years, they're going to have the same circus. So I'm not quite sure. I th- if I was putting money on it, I think he probably stays in January. I just think it'll be a hard deal to get done because it'll be two or three weeks from January now. So I'm not quite sure. My, my hunch is it'll happen in the summer, but then you put yourself in United shoes. That's not an ideal situation. If he wants to go, you have to get rid of him as quick as possible. I think we can do a podcast on Pogba when he inevitably does leave. I don't think it'll be Real Madrid. I think it's either Juventus or even PSG. I think those are the only two clubs, but it'll be a wait and see. Let's talk about his performance, Tom, because as we said, he's lined up almost like wide left, and there was some promising link-up play, particularly earlier. I like the link-up play with Bruno. I think that was in the opening five minutes or so. Um, A brilliant ball played by Bruno. Pogba's with his arm up, yelling for it. He gets it through. And Pogba progresses the ball forward. And then he, it was some link-up play with Rashford, and he's had the opportunity on goal. Um, other than that, he sort of drifted in and out of the game. Like you said, good defensive work rate from him, though. Do you think he was utilised in the right way by Solskjaer in this match? And how did you see his performance overall? I'm not sure if he's utilised the right way. He was, he was one player in a team. Solskjaer wanted a player to do that position. He got Paul Pogba to do it. I think when we look at Pogba's performance more than anyone will say, well, why didn't he do this? Why couldn't he have done that? We look at, well, why didn't Paul Pogba go win us the game? Well, why didn't any other player go win us the game? Why are we pointing to Paul Pogba? But I thought he was good. He didn't stand out. He wasn't poor. I thought, like everyone, I thought individually, if you were to give Markings out of 10 for each player today, I think across the board, he could almost just give flat sevens to everyone. I thought individually, everyone did very well, and Paul Pogba included. Didn't stand out. But again, in that type of game, did anyone from Man City really stand out? We're not praising the best player, who I think the best player in the league is in Kevin De Bruyne. He didn't stand out. So we can't expect Paul Pogba to do the same. I thought City's best player was Mares, and we'll get into him a little bit. And to sort of transition into that, um, well, let's talk about the, the issues with United's performance. Like you said, everyone was fairly solid. But if you look at why Manchester United didn't win this game, I think we can both agree here. The issue was the build-up play. There was countless opportunities where Maguire and Lindelof... I've seen criticism coming at those two, but it's definitely not their fault for mine. They're looking to progress the ball forward. They're looking for options in Shaw and Wan-Bissaka. I felt both fullbacks went hiding. Um, not You could tell they really didn't want the ball, and the way that they were positioning their bodies really didn't give those central defenders much option there. Um, how did you find... Look, defensively, we both know what those players offer, but... How did you find United's overall game? And do you agree with me in that being the issue with the game? No, I completely agree. In regards to playing out the playing out from the back, it wasn't an issue with Maguire and Lindelof. I thought they did find oh, obviously one or two misplaced passes, but the issues stemmed from the fullbacks. And we both know defensively, Wan Bissaka and Luke Shaw I thought were fantastic in the game, but attacking wise, it's just it, it looks like Maguire and Lindelof are at fault. But what happens? They get the ball. 
and Luke Shaw has the wrong body position, so it forces Maguire to play the ball to Luke Shaw's right foot, where then that plays us into trouble. Luke Shaw is then on his weaker foot, then he has to play Harry Maguire into a tough spot, and we've sort of played ourselves in a little holes, and especially against a team like Man City, who everyone looks at their attacking sort of capabilities. However, their biggest strength is that press from the front and getting sort of players like their fullbacks to play in dangerous areas. So I thought City defended quite well, which made it hard for you, and something we don't do every week. We have played out the back quite a bit this season, but it's not something sort of accustomed to United. So to do that, it was a definite approach from Oli. And look, at the end of that, it's worked. Okay, we haven't conceded. He got what he wanted out of the game. But I was sort of not concerned. I was just a little bit worried at times that we were overplaying it, thinking, okay, that's great to have this approach of keeping the ball and trying to draw City out. However... There comes a time where you have to go long. Like, there was times where we're playing David De Gea, like, a yard out from goal. He's, like, stopping the ball and thinking, geez, OK, that's confident. You can be confident on the ball there. That's fantastic. But one mistake, like, the ball slips under your studs and then suddenly you're all over YouTube and you're training over Twitter for the wrong reasons. So, fair play to Ollie for the approach. I don't want to say that every week. Um, I think teams will take advantage of it when they see that our fullbacks aren't maybe the strongest in playing out from the back. But I thought Maguire and Lindelof, extremely good. Yeah, definitely agree there. And I think this is where I almost go back to the Pogba debate in saying he should have allowed Pogba to be further forward uh, or more central. Um, I feel like if we had that option, then you do have that long option for Pogba, who's good in the air, physical. And then I think he could have allowed some hold-up play for the likes of Rashford, Bruno, Greenwood to get into the game. But nonetheless... Well, I, thought, I thought on that, I thought Rashford... Again, I don't want to lay into Rashford. I don't think he was great today. I think the game, not changed with Martial, but Martial did give us an option when we allowed to, sort of the ball came into him. It did make it stick. But I think who we did miss in terms... And maybe it, maybe it was a reasoning in Oli changing in his approach. I think we missed Cavani. I think if he was up there, we would have been able to pump the ball forward. Not pump the ball forward, but sort of get the ball forward a little bit. Not even Cavani, even someone like Ngallo. We're definitely not calling for Ngallo to start. But I think with Rashford and Greenwood up there, there was just no option to play that ball from the back. So, um... Yeah, I think that was a key reason in Solskjaer sort of adopting that approach because if we were just to pump the ball forward to Rashford, Greenwood was likely going to be interceptive of Fernandinho or John Stones and suddenly would be under pressure again. So I can understand it. As frustrating as it was, I could understand it. Totally agree. And I wonder what the, I wonder what the under-reliance on Egalo has been. I mean, I, I totally know and we all expect him to leave in January. You almost forget he's on loan, but... If he's there and he's an option and he offers something different, I don't understand why Oli wouldn't use him. I felt like it was the perfect opportunity, like you say, to give a second option should the, should you not be able to play out from the back. But let's move on. Um, so talking about the fullbacks and how solid they were defensively, we did see, however, that City were able to get at us um, on the edges and that allowed Mares to have a wonderful opportunity. Um, De Gea with an excellent save early on in the match. Um, I thought De Gea overall was very good, but just want to go through that bit of play. Um, how did you see the build-up there? And I actually thought Mares was City's best player today, to be fair. Well, look, it was a good, good bit of play in the end by City, but it was so lucky. We were at the other end of the field, and Bruno does a fantastic touch to sort of squeeze in, behind, in between two players. He just gets so unlucky with the way he gets intercepted, and suddenly we're on the attack. Suddenly there's an interception and City are on the break. And it was so close to Bruno was an inch away from creating a chance for us. Suddenly it's broken up to the other end of the field. They've got one or two lucky bounces. I think Kevin De Bruyne found the pass to Mahrez. And yeah, big save by David. He needed to step up. I think when everyone 
saw the ball fall to Mares. It was almost a collective, oh God, 1-0 down, here we go. But he stood up big and saved, and he was a, bit, he was a little bit criticising against um, Leipzig during the week, and I think rightly so at times. But a few people were calling for Dean Henderson before this match, and I'm thinking, God, I don't, I don't quite agree with that. De Gea's been very good this season, and rightly kept his spot, in my opinion, and I wouldn't say prove the difference between the two teams, but it's a big save. It's all, not a match-winning save. We didn't win the game, but it's a match-saving save. Yeah, I feel like United are really susceptible in the counter-attack. I, I don't know what it is, but... And this comes down to my criticism of Maguire and Lindelof in the last podcast. Just to say that with both of them, there is a lack of communication. I don't feel like there's anyone in that back line who clearly tells other players where to be. If you look at the nature of the goals we conceded against Leipzig, like you think if, it, if that was a Ferdinand or a Vidic... Um, that or Roy Keane even he'd be yelling at Wambasaka to get into position, get closer to his man in the lead up to that first goal, and I feel like that's why we get killed on the counter attack. Well, also taking into account the lack of pace in the defence. But anyway, for Josh, I digress. I know he's been waiting for me to say that for a few podcasts now. Um, let's go into the second half. Rashford gets we thought would what would be a penalty, um, but he's rightfully called offside. Um, do you have any disagreements with that decision? Well, obviously, it was there for everyone to see. Yeah, I think that was a clear one. Very frustrating because I think while it would have been a soft penalty in, in regards to the contact that was made in today's age, that, that's a penalty. So it was when I went to VAR, I thought, oh, God, this is it. And then, But you see the offside decision, and that was clear as day. I don't even know why they got all the lines out and started moving them. I thought you didn't even need the lines for that. I thought it was clear as a day, so... Unfortunate. I think um, everyone would have loved a Bruno penalty and a VAR decision to go our way. But, um, yeah, clearly offside, so you can't have any complaints. Yeah, and with Ian, just before we go into the 3-2-1s, um, you touched on it earlier. Martial, when he came on, almost played like a off the striker. Almost. I didn't feel like he was the focal point, but when he came on, he looked quite lively, didn't he? And I thought United's attack definitely improved. I think because you... And I agree. I think the reason he didn't sort of look like a striker is because we were playing so deep in terms of playing out from the back. If he was playing in that striking position, he would have been 70 yards from Harry Maguire and Victor Lindelof. I think he was just coming short to be closer. So when Maguire and Lindelof played that pass in the midfield, well, Marshall was then only 20, 30 metres from the midfield. I think that's why he was looking so deep, but we just unfortunately couldn't progress. And again... Okay, some of that is due to our play, the way we're playing out from the back. But Man City are fantastic in the way they defend from the front. They make it so hard to play out from the back. So, yeah, all in all, I wouldn't say I mean, Marshall's fantastic when he came on, but he did show that that type of role. And look, we've criticised, we've said Marshall is a left wing, we've said he's a strike. We're not quite sure. We flip and flop every week. But he showed that when the ball comes into him in a central position, he's more suited back to goal than obviously Marcus Rashford is. Could it be a case with Martial where his, de- his best position's definitely wide left, but if you get a more natural number nine, then obviously that person can play there. But should we not have that option like a Cavani today, you can rely on Martial to fulfill that role. Is that is that how we should view Martial going forward? I think most of us are pretty set on, look, he's definitely bet- best off the left. I think, which was said with a few of our players, we've said it with the type of sort of Pogba, sort of the type of player Pogba is and the type of character he is. I think we've labelled it with Rashford Martial as well. Maybe it's just they are what they are. And they're, they're going to be a player who can play through the middle, a player who can play at the left, that maybe just not, I wouldn't say utility player, but just someone, an attacker. 
okay, we don't have a left winger this week. Okay, you're playing left wing. Okay, you've scored a couple of goals. We don't have a striker or a striker needs an in, uh, rest. You play striker. Uh, injury crisis, we have no one on the right. Okay, Marcus, go have a game on the right-hand side. I think it might just be a case of that. We're, we're trying to nail down their spots, but maybe they're just not that type of player. Maybe they're just, just an attacker. They, they fit in where the game suits them. Yeah, that's fair. All right, Tom, I'll leave it to you. Let's go. Three, two, one. Who was your man of the match today? Tough. Well, for me, I'd say Roy Keane. Roy Keane's post-match comments, I thought he was brilliant. <laughs> Honestly, he was. Yeah, he, he was fantastic. Uh, can I just say, Roy Keane has the driest humour in the history oh, of the yeah, Very underrated. That line he did with Gary Neville, where Gary Neville was saying, oh, I was a stalwart at right back, then off the cuff straight away says, well, you were the only right back at the club. I thought well, it was brilliant. He must have been stewing on that, surely. <laughs> Somewhere in Roy Keane's mind, he's thinking, uh, I've never rated Gary. <laughs> it just goes high for him. You know, but, but I think, look, we're getting three two ones in a set, but I think I just want to touch on Roy Keane. Look, obviously, no sort of hidden agenda. He's my favourite ever player. But I think he summed up so many things. It, okay, he's got a little bit of dry humour there you mentioned, but in terms of what he said about the derby... I know it's the modern era, but and Roy King sort of gets not a lot. He sort of gets praised for it a lot, but over the top in terms of players hugging and managers hugging and everything after the game. Like you should be disappointed. Well, we're sort of content with the point. Overall, the players should be quite disappointed with the draw. So, but they're going around hugging each other, high fiving, and all having chats after the game, and just yeah, you can see Roy King's disappointment as a one as a Man United player and one sort of as a fan. You can see the disappointment in him, and I can, I can understand it. While I accept it that it's the modern game and players are like that these days, um, I, I do sit with Roy Keane a little bit on this one. I don't have an issue with it, but they have the dressing room for that, you know. So I think if you want, if you're Harry Maguire and you're the captain, and considering his performances this season, and can I say he was fantastic today, but his performances this season have left little to be desired. If you want to hug John Stones, no worries, mate. You've got, just have that small run down the tunnel. You can hug him in the dressing room. I think, yeah, there has to be a little bit of onus to understand that you are the leader of this club. And, you look, the fans aren't looking for a draw in a Manchester derby. It means more to the fans. And you've said it before. You always hope the players will be like United, like be the players will be like fans, but they're not. So it'd just be nice to see them be a bit more considerate. But it just shows, Tom, that lack of leadership in the dressing room. You just don't have Roy Keane characters. I, I dare say you don't have Roy Keane characters in football. It's just, it's, it's a dying art, unfortunately. But nonetheless, three two ones. Are we actually giving it a Roy Keane, or are you going to give me a player on the pitch? Uh, look, I'll do my best. Well, it's a hard one, this one. I, I'm definitely not giving it to Wan-Bissaka or Luke Shaw, because there's obviously two sides to the performance, and I think they're attacking sort of output in the game. Sort of did let them down, not let them down personally, but I thought sort of stifled the team a little bit. But I just want to point out they both defensively, I thought were very good. But I don't think I'd give them any points. But there's a hard one. I thought Fred was good midfield, very disciplined, which I've sort of called for that he hasn't been in recent weeks or recent times. Paul Pogba again was good. Harry Maguire and Lindelof were good. I thought for me, I haven't, well, I haven't discussed with you yet. And again, I'm not sure he may be worthy of three points, but someone I was very impressed with was Scott McTominay. To be in a midfield with Kevin De Bruyne, I wouldn't say pocket Kevin De Bruyne, he wasn't in and around that area. But I thought he played better than Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah, stole the words out of my mind, mate. Um, I thought McTominay was fantastic and actually progressed the ball pretty well today. And I think when McTominay does get space, 
he had, he can be quite effective with the ball and he had 88 percent pass completion today um completed all his take-ons which like i said is isn't naturally a part of his game or what he's known for i thought yeah he was really good really solid won some tackles and was in everything so yeah i'm happy to give the scotsman the three points today uh two points Along the same lines, <clears throat> maybe I'd be going for Maguire. Again, Maguire and Lindelof weren't sort of tested sort of defensively like so much sort of action-packed sort of, okay, diving tackles or clearing headers or anything. It wasn't that type of game for them. A lot of the game was played in front of them. But I thought when the ball did come into those dangerous areas, the Maguire got one or two sort of crucial blocks in at times. I can't really... Gabriel Jesus getting a real chance. Like he was in and around some dangerous areas, but I can't remember him ready to pull the trigger really. So maybe opt for Harry Maguire. I'm with you there, and I think with one point, I'd say Lindelof, to be honest, like you said, like it was just one of those games where, while I actually thought it was quite entertaining, it was clearly one for the defenders today, so I think uh, a Lindelof-Maguire, two and one point respectively, is the right way to go. Yeah, I, yeah, I think a nil draw. Look, I think Fred and Pogba did very well. Um, I thought Bruno was a little bit wasteful, I thought Rashford was sort of maybe the one who was a bit below par, if you're going to mark them out of 10, maybe he'd be like a 5 out of 10 sort of thing. But yeah, I think the type of game, and especially if City are going to dominate, I think almost that triangle of the uh, Scott McTominay and the two centre-backs are always going to be the ones involved the, involved the heavy, sort of doing the most of the heavy lifting. I'm with you. Can I say, the one better play that Wambasaka did do really well, I think it was around the 30th odd minute, there was Wambasaka and Bruno with that fantastic link-up play. Really enjoyed that. I thought that was quite good football. And can I say, I think we need to give Oli some credit. Um, we haven't really discussed this component, but did you find United were more willing to get forward today compared to, say, the Leipzig match? Not really, to be honest. And I, I thought I was almost going to, not a criticism, but say we didn't get forward enough. I thought when we were really playing in sections, I felt the defenders were playing defence, midfield were playing in midfield, and would get the ball forward to Rashford and Greg would say, can you do something? And I, I thought I thought we weren't getting forward enough. Um, yeah, no, we definitely viewed that part of the game differently. And I think maybe some of that was maybe the lack of width. I think so much of the attack and sort of runs a team sort of generates is through wide players. I think without those natural wide players today, yeah, I think the the attack was a little bit stifled. But we sort of made up for that with how solid we were in defence. So it's a little bit of a catch-22. I felt the intent was there. There was one link-up play. There was one part of play. I think Bruno went to play. It was a, you know... Not the world's most difficult ball, but if he put a put a bit more power into it, uh, Greenwood would have been in on goal. I think it was oh, in I the think first. That, I think that was the one. Was that the one after the one Bissaka? Yeah, play? yeah, exactly. It was yeah. part of that that exact play. I think if Bruno gets that ball, I, I dare say Greenwood might have finished that, and then maybe the three two. That, that's one where I think if it's Pogba on the ball there, and again, not a criticism of Bruno, but I think Pogba plays out with the outside of his right foot, so it curls into sort of towards goal, and um, yeah, look, not a criticism of Bruno, but yeah, that. Pass, he yeah, just misplaced. He could have done a little bit better on that one. Yeah, I'm with you, Tom. Looking ahead, where go to Sheffield United? They're struggling, aren't they? They can't, they can't buy a victory. I think, are they still without victory this season? I think they've only got a point. Yeah, they they're they're sitting on one point. I think it's the worst start after eleven games. So my God, that's I, I hate those records when you're playing against those teams. Oh, good. So well, should we? Well, just... I wish you I wish you didn't bring that up. Well, I'm sorry, Tom. Does that mean we're going to lose? Um, so it'll be Friday morning for us Thursday night. For the English, um, I don't know. <laughs> Look, I, I, I think it's a bit of a hairy one. Do you think it's one where, I dare say, maybe I'm being a bit sentimental here, do you think it'll be one where we could see uh, Dean Henderson come in? Oh, 
I think that would be risky, but you never know. Um, Solskjaer has thrown Dean Henderson in at times this season, so I, I wouldn't. I, I think that these games are almost, when you have... Look, I know a lot of people won't agree, but I'd call this a very good result against Man City. So off the back of a good result, if you go and then lose or drop points to the team coming dead last who haven't won a game, that is a nightmare. So I think this is... Look, every game is going to be big for Man United, but I think this is a crucial game. We have a lot of time for to prepare for it we're not playing till Friday our time so you have to get the yards done on the training ground and I think look every game you could almost treat as a cup final but this, this game is huge for me if we lose to this if we lose to Sheffield United the narrative which we've all said at the start of the season in terms of Solskjaer's sacking it just there's another nail in his coffin I think forget winning the game I think United need to win um I think it, they can't even get a draw. They, they have to win, and I'm with you. I think if they don't take all three points, yeah, um, I think Solskjaer's going to be in a little bit of trouble. Let's um, look at the lineup because it's, it's interesting because we haven't really had that consistency in results. When you look at, though you look at the table, we go above Chelsea, we win against Sheffield United. Um, looking at the table and the current situation, Tom, we've seen, and we've both said today, Pogba was actually quite good today. Do you think he might get some consistency in the lineup? So maybe he starts this match. Do you think it'll... Well, how do you see the midfield lining up? I think with Pogba, it's a, I think a lot will depend on the developments off the pitch. If someone does come in with a bid and then Solskjaer is aware of that, I think that will change it. I think there's no doubt in my mind that the Leipzig lineup changed on on sort of the revelations of his Rayola's comments. So I think Pogba's future in terms of his selection in the team lineup will solely be dependent on what happens off the field. And if nothing happens, I think he'll probably keep his spot. But there, if there's a development, I think Solskjaer will get to the stage now where he's alluded to in one or two points where he's a little bit blunt with the answer. I think if there is a development with Paul Pogba, I think he will drop him now. Okay, yeah, I'm with you. It could be an interesting one. I, look, I, I think I'd potentially start him for this match. I think it's going to be a game where Sheffield United will clearly look to sit deep and get the draw. So if you can get Pogba and you know, potentially Bruno in there um, to link up and have that opportunity to get further forward, which, and look, you saw it today when Pogba's allowed to be further forward. I think that's where he does his best work. I'd like to see them both play this match and hopefully unlock their defence. And let's go into the forward line. Look, Cavani is back in training. Do you expect he'll go straight into the starting lineup for this match? I'd say so. Just from a physical point of view, Sheffield United, the way they line up, they've obviously got the three at the back and sort of guys who do like a battle, I think, you will need the experience and sort of know-how of how to deal with a type of game like that that Cavani will bring. I think throwing someone like Greenwood or Rashford, I wouldn't say go missing, but if it is a real battle, it's not their type of game. So I think you can still play both of them. You could play one on the left, one on the right, but I think we do need a centre-forward for this game, especially that they're going to have three centre-backs. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what he does with Martial. Um, he's obviously come on in this game, so... Be interested to see, does he go with Greenwood and Rashford and leave Martial on the bench, or does he go for, say, uh, Martial on the left, Rashford on the right, should Cavani play? But, again, Tom, look, it's been a pleasure. Um, and, again, if you are holding your phone, please give us a five-star review if you are, well, I should say an iPhone, um, because, look, it just means more people get to have exposure to this wonderful podcast that we have created for you all. Tom, we will need to get out to the pub, hopefully next week before Christmas really ramps up. Um, and of course, stay tuned for any for any social media links around coming to the pub and having a drink with us. Tom, anything to add before we roll up and get on with our Sundays? 
No, just counting the days till we play Leeds. Um, it's been years. Well, we played them last year in pre-season, but absolutely, I'm buzzing for this Leeds match. I, I think it's the first time that potentially if um, the COVID restrictions are lifted in Manchester, um, you have 2,000 or a couple of thousand back at Old Trafford. And I think what better way to sort of welcome Leeds back to Old Trafford with fans finally. I think they have, a, I think they are moving into Tier 2. Uh, so, yeah, it looks like there will be some fans at that match. So, who knows, maybe we'll see a few fists thrown in the stands um, just for extra entertainment should the game be a little bit stagnant. And again, Tom, look, pleasure as always, mate. Thanks for dissecting this one. And we'll be back, who knows, probably after the Sheffield United match to <laughs> discussing a 1-0 loss. Um, oh, I, I say that tongue-in-cheek, but I'm, I'm sure we'll win, hopefully. Uh, pleasure. All right, cheers. Cheers.